Good evening. Roe v. Wade is no more as the Supreme Court overturns a woman's constitutional right to choose. Reaction in Washington from the president and the city of New York. I'm Paul Durienzo with the news for Friday, June 24, 2022. The United States Supreme Court stripped away the nation's constitutional protections for abortion today. The decision by the court's conservative majority overturned Roe v. Wade, a decision that stood for more than 50 years. The ruling, unthinkable just a few years ago, was the culmination of decades of efforts by abortion opponents emboldened by the court's right wing, strengthened by three appointees of former President Donald Trump. Justice Clarence Thomas, part of the majority, urged the court to overturn other high court rulings protecting same-sex marriage, gay sex, and the use of contraceptives. Outside the Supreme Court, a large group of protesters gathered. WPFW's Chris Bangert-Drowns was there and has this report. Hundreds of people gathered in front of the Supreme Court early today in anticipation of the Dobbs ruling, most of them coming out in defense of reproductive rights. Some of the demonstrators shared their initial reactions to the overturning of Roe and Casey. I was devastated, terrified. Um, I'm from a state where I can get abortion, legal and safe abortion. So I thought I was operating on empathy, but I'm realizing I am terrified not only for myself, but for all of the women across the country. I'm terrified we live under a government um, that there is a Supreme Court presiding over our basic human rights. So, yeah, I'm just angry to think that there were people sitting in waiting rooms this morning um, waiting to obtain the procedure. And because their appointment was 10 minutes after the court released their decision, now they have to go to a different state. Um, That's disgusting and it sickens me. And um, yeah. It's unjust, but I'm not surprised. I'm appalled. I've told somebody else that it's, I'm 72. And so the 50 years really span a period when a lot of this affected me. And I really feel for the many younger people around here who are stuck now about where are they gonna go? Are they gonna have an abortion? Are they gonna end up with children they don't want? Um, Do they have to travel to another state or whatever? Um, They're the people who really are faced with with the challenge. A small group of anti-abortion advocates celebrated the ruling by popping champagne and playing loud, upbeat music. But their amplified sound was mostly drowned out by angry chants from protesters. One demonstrator, Belize, derided the anti-abortion presence. The fact that they're treating this like a music festival, playing music, um, getting on each other's shoulders, popping champagne, bubbles. The entire lack of empathy they've shown throughout all of this to the people who are actually going to be affected by this decision, for the people who are terrified about this decision. Um, It's been shocking. We talk about polarization a lot in this country, Um, but it makes you realize they don't see the other side as humans at all. Another demonstrator, John, was among a group of people from the organization Catholics for Choice. This group said their faith, rather than pushing them towards a conservative position, motivated their support for reproductive rights. Many, many, many people support abortion rights, not in spite of their faith, but because of it. Um, because, you know, like, like in the Catholic tradition, for example, uh, you, are compelled, you are compelled to... Um, so you're, you're the highest authority to which you have to answer is your own conscience. Um, and so, again, like, 
millions and millions of people's faithfully formed consciences believe that that people should be able to make their own choices about their own bodies. So, so again, like this, this is it's it's not cut and dry, and it's not actually accurate to say that Christians are anti-choice or the Bible does it, whatever. Like that's just that's that's not true, and that's one of the reasons we also exist is to debunk that misinformation. Some demonstrators looked towards the future of abortion access, urging others to donate to abortion funds that provide resources for people in need. One protester, Jaina, said she convinced several people to donate during the protest and pointed to the National Network of Abortion Funds as a good resource to find local groups. Um, I think the best thing people can do is donate to abortion funds. You can go to so many protests, and I hope people continue to do that. But I hope they do realize that they're... Abortion is not an issue of, you know, it's not a hypothetical right. It's something that people really need access to right now. There are people who need it right now. And that means that our resources need to be moved right now. We don't have time to wait till the next election. There are people that need the procedure right now. Everybody this reporter spoke with said demonstrations in support of reproductive rights will go on. Here's Ellen, who connected the recent history of social movements to this pivotal moment in American history. It will be 20 years next year, starting with Iraq, that we've been coming out here with, we've got a whole house full of signs you can't imagine for every issue known to man. My husband loves to make good signs. And, uh, you know, some of them, unfortunately, we've recycled because the same damn thing comes up again. And so, oh, good, we don't have to make a new sign. But no, this is, this is not going to... This is not going to stop. Visit abortionfunds.org to learn more about how to support people in need of reproductive care. And stay tuned for more analysis of today's fateful Supreme Court ruling. For WPFW News, I'm Chris Bangert-Drowns. Thanks, Chris. And of course, WPFW's WBAI's sister station, part of the Pacifica Radio Network. Meanwhile, pregnant women considering abortions already had been dealing with a near complete ban in Oklahoma and a prohibition after roughly six weeks in Texas. Clinics in at least five other states, Alabama, Kentucky, Missouri, Wisconsin and West Virginia, stopped performing abortions today. But in a sign of defiance, Mississippi's only abortion clinic, which was at the center of Friday's case, continued to see patients. Outside, men used a bullhorn to tell people inside that they would burn in hell. Clinic escorts wearing colorful vests used large speakers to blast Tom Petty's I Won't Back Down at the protesters. I'm sure Tom would not be happy with that if he was still with us. Mississippi, Alabama, Kentucky, and Missouri are among 13 states, mainly in the South and Midwest, that already have laws on the books to ban abortion in the event Roe is overturned. Another half dozen states have near total bans or prohibitions after six weeks of pregnancy Many before many women know. They are even pregnant. The Biden administration and other defenders of abortion rights have warned that a decision overturning Roe also would threaten other high court decisions in favor of gay rights and even potentially contraception. The president says the fight moves to the ballot box this November. Roe is on the ballot. Personal freedoms are on the ballot. The right to privacy, liberty, equality, they're all on the ballot. Until then... I will do all of my power to protect a woman's right in states where they will face the consequences of today's decision. If a woman lives in a state that restricts abortion, the Supreme Court's decision does not prevent her from traveling from her home state to the state that allows it. It does not prevent a doctor in that state, in that state, from treating her. As the Attorney General has made clear, women must 
remain free to travel safely to another state to seek care they need. My administration will defend that bedrock right. If any state or local official, high or low, tries to interfere with a woman's ex exercise in her basic right to travel, I will do everything in my power to fight that deeply un-American attack. The American Medical Association, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, wrote to me and Vice President Harris stressing that these laws are not based on are not based on evidence and asking us to act to protect access to care. They say by limiting access to these medicines, maternal mortality will climb in America. That's what they say. Today, I'm directing the Department of Health and Human Services to take steps to ensure these critical medications are available to the fullest extent possible. And that's the president. Attorney General Merrick Garland said in a statement that the Justice Department will protect providers and those seeking abortions in states where it's legal and also work with other arms of the federal government that seek to use their lawful authorities to protect and preserve access to reproductive care. In particular, Garland said that the Federal Food and Drug Administration has approved the use of Mephestristone for medicated abortions. But House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy says the public is on the side of this the Supreme Court majority, and the only issue for the Department of Justice is to prosecute pro-choice protesters. The reaction to this principal decision by the court, it must be peaceful. And the DOJ must step up to protect our justices, yes. their families, churches, and pro-life pregnancy centers from unprovoked violence. Do not stand back and uphold the rule of law. We live in a country that is based on the dignity of all human life. And that was Kevin McCarthy. Earlier this week, it was revealed that McCarthy, a conservative Republican from Southern California, had asked then-President Donald Trump for a pardon of his involvement in the attempt to overturn the 2020 election and provoked, provoked the January 6th assault on the U.S. Capitol. And here in New York, Governor Kathy Hochul called the Supreme Court decision repulsive, adding the state will remain an abortion-safe harbor. Planned Parenthood of Greater New York CEO Joy Calloway says her organization will broaden its mandate to provide abortion services for anyone from outside the state who needs help. Today, PPG&Y is announcing a multi-pronged strategic approach to expanding our services and enhancing the quality of care that New Yorkers have come to know, to deserve, and to rely upon first. We have taken steps to increase abortion appointment availability at all 23 of our health centers by 20% to meet both the existing and the growing demand for sexual and reproductive health care and abortion services. This move will allow us to decrease appointment wait times and maximize our resources to serve more patients in more areas across our state. PPGNY's abortion patient navigator will be on hand to facilitate travel, lodging, help secure funding on behalf of patients in partnership with established abortion access funds. Thirdly, PPGNY is expanding our telehealth medication abortion services to give people in early stages of pregnancy the option for, to safely self-manage their abortion under the care and guidance of PPGNY's expert clinicians. Through 
telehealth medication abortion, a patient receives a virtual examination before picking up their medication from one of PPGNY's locations. Telehealth medication abortion will also be available for follow-up appointments. CEO of Greater New York, Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood of Greater New York, pardon me, Joy Calloway. In 2019, New York State expanded abortion rights through the Reproductive Health Act. Prior to this legislation, abortion was regulated in the state's criminal code and had been updated in 50 years. No other medical procedure was regulated like a crime, according to the New York Civil Liberties Union. Meanwhile, on the steps of New York City Hall, the city's five deputy mayors who are all women, spoke to a large crowd of pro-choice supporters as a lone male heckler was heard in the distance. Thank you, and I want to now introduce Deputy Mayor Ann Williams-Isom. I stand here with you today as a woman, as a mother, and as a daughter. So the first thing I did today was I called my 91-year-old mom, and she said to me, what is happening in this country? Don't they know? Don't they know that when I was back in Trinidad, there were so many young women that lost their lives? Don't they know that this is today has made people unsafe? Don't they care? I didn't know what to say to her. My name is Maria Torres Springer. I'm the deputy mayor for economic and workforce development. I'm also the proud mother of two amazing girls. In fact, becoming a mother was the best choice I ever made. And that's exactly what having a child should be, a choice. And my daughter's generation will be the first one in 50 years that has lost their right to determine their future. Legal abortion has indeed transformed women's lives and economic opportunities over the last half century. Women in Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma deserve the same rights as women in New York. I know this firsthand. I had an abortion. It was the right decision for me and my husband. And so today, I share your anger. I share your disappointment. I share your frustration and I share your outrage. But also today, we in the Adams administration want to send a very clear message that we will take the necessary steps to fully protect both women in this city and those who come to our city to access the freedom which may no longer exist in their hometowns. It will not be an easy fight, but it is a fight that we can win. So let's get to work. I'd now like to introduce the Deputy Mayor for Operations, Mira Joshi. Hello, I'm Mira Zoshi, Deputy Mayor for Operations. Women have children. Women overwhelmingly are responsible for raising those children and our ability to engage in and contribute to society. For women, safe, I'll be louder than him, legal abortion is the tool And that was some of the deputy mayors, all women today, speaking on the steps of City Hall. Afterwards, Mayor Eric Adams revealed that as a teen, his girlfriend had an abortion. The mayor had uh, then said New York City will be there for any woman in the United States who needs one. Adams made a connection to yesterday's SCOTUS ruling undermining New York City gun laws. I was 15 and I just got home from being arrested and Linda came to me. She said, Eric, I'm pregnant. 
and look at your life. And it was my desire automatically just to say, Linda, keep the baby. She said, Eric, you, you're arrested. You're not going to school. What future is this baby going to have? And she made the decision that was smart for both of us. She made the right call because she was empowered. She was in control. And some years later, when Jordan's mom was pregnant, she made the determination she wanted to have her son. She made the determination because she was empowered to make that determination. After today, young women will come an age with fewer rights than their parents. They come of age with fewer rights than their parents. Fewer alternatives. Won't be able to make these decisions. It sends chills down my spine. This is more than an issue of reproductive rights and public health. This is a decision about controlling a woman's body. Controlling her body. You can't legislate that. You can't put in place some Supreme Court decision on that, the right to control your body. When it comes to our bodies, we have no rights. But when it comes to their guns, they have every right. This is not wise jurisprudence or reasonable argument. This is a power grab. The D legitimatizing the court even as it undermines our freedoms. While there is talk of history in this decision, there's little acknowledgement of the reality. The court intends to destroy long-established protections and turn back the clock on the progress that may, many have fought so hard for. This is their beginning, but this is not our ending to fight against the Supreme Court and use our powers. And as Deputy Mayor William Isom has indicated. Mayor Eric Adams today on the steps of City Hall. And in related news, the House of Representatives sent President Joe Biden the widest ranging gun violence bill Congress has passed in decades today, a measured compromise that at once illustrates progress in the long and tractable issue and the deep seated partisan divide that persists. I think by measured compromise, they mean not too good, really. The Democratic led chamber approved the election year legislation on a mostly party line, 234 to 193 vote, capping a spurt of action prompted by voters revulsion over last Last month's mass shootings in New York and Texas. The Senate approved the measure late Thursday by a bipartisan 65 to 33 margin. Every House Democrat and 14 Republicans, six of them will be in Congress next year, voted for the measure. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi underscored its significance to her party by taking the unusual step of presiding over the vote and announcing the results on the podium, the huzzahs from the rank and file Democrats on the chamber's floor. Among Republicans backing the legislation was Representative Liz Cheney of gun-friendly Wyoming, who's broken sharply with her party's leaders and is helping lead the House investigation into last year's Capitol insurrection by supporters of then-President Donald Trump. In a statement, she said that as a mother and constitutional conservative, she believed the bill would curb violence and enhance safety, adding nothing in the bill restricts the rights of responsible gun owners, period. And finally... 
information reviewed by UN human sources, uh, pardon me, information reviewed by the United Nations Human Rights Office suggests Israeli security forces fired the shot that killed Palestinian-American reporters Shreen Abu Akhla in May, not indiscriminate firing Palestinians. That's according to a spokesman. And that's some of the news for Friday, June 24th, 2022. The news produced at Linda Perry, our engineers, Rachel Johnson from New York City. I'm Paul Durienzo. Thanks for listening.